Welcome to the Progressing Lives Everywhere podcast, brought to you by Amoria Bond. In each episode, Amoria Bond will interview a prominent leader from across their specialist STEM sectors to discuss their personal experiences of progression and share invaluable insights and inspiring anecdotes of what progression means to them. This is Progressing Lives Everywhere. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Progressing Lives Everywhere podcast, where your host, Andrew Beard, is joined by Anike Lehmans and Petra Kuykinius from The Potential Project. A research-led global consulting professional services firm, The Potential Project are on a mission to create a more human world of work by helping leaders and their teams understand and manage their minds. Partnering with international organisations such as Cisco and IKEA, they have helped over 350,000 individuals adopt new ways of working and leading over the last decade. In collaboration with researchers from Harvard, Columbia and Berkeley, their recent research has highlighted a major new challenge for the modern working world, that the majority of us are vastly distracted whilst at work. On average, a third of our entire day is spent distracted and off task, and 58% of employees have reported an inability to regulate their attention at work. Stress also has a significant impact. Discover insights into what we can all do to take back control of our own focus and that of our teams in order to progress our own lives and the lives of others. Enjoy. So Inika Petra, thanks very much for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to have you on the Progressing Lives Everywhere podcast. I'd like to start with your own story. So could you take us through your progression journey and how you've arrived here today? So Inika, should we start with you? I'll take you back more than 20 years ago. I was working as a manager in an insurance company and I felt I needed something besides my work and I started to meditate. But at that time, it was not common to do that. So I didn't tell anyone. But then in August, 2015, a lot of years later, I worked within a company and a colleague proposed to start a mindful leadership journey to try to explore what kind of effect that would have on our leadership. And she uh, invited some managers and board members. And we started with eight persons facilitated by the Potential Project, doing mind training and diving into a lot of topics which are part of mind of the leader and yeah, something happened because every day we started to train together during lunchtime and the first time it was really crazy because we sat there starting the app closing our eyes trying not to laugh we get used to it and we did the mind training every day and we dive in a lot of topics and people around us started to see wow there's something changing and what you have, we want, we want that also. So colleagues also started a program and our team members. When I saw the effects of what we did, I felt this is what I want to do in the second part of my career. So that's why I'm here now. I'm part of the potential project, one of the facilitators. It's fair to say you, you've been involved in the mindfulness movement, if you like, from, from the early stages. Yes. 
it's interesting you said you kind of kept it a secret. I, I listened yeah. to something only last night, actually, with, with Daniel Goldman on it, who is obviously one of the, the pioneers of emotional intelligence. And and he links mindfulness very much to helping to, to really build emotional intelligence. And he was, again, he was asked a similar question. You went to, to the East and you learned meditation, but did you use that and it, within your work? You said, no, we just kept that a secret because it just wasn't done at the time. <laughs> yeah, so there's a yeah. real thing there. And, and yet now, obviously, mindfulness and meditation has, has just exploded in recent years, and particularly within business, it's, it's, it's completely in vogue, if you like. And, and Petra, your, your progression story? Yeah, thank you. Maybe it's some more personal story. And it's also years ago, uh, I think 15 years ago, I was in the middle of my yoga and mindfulness uh, training because I wanted to become a teacher. I was sitting at my desk in my office and a friend of mine called me and she asked me if I want to replace her, the yoga and meditation teacher in her leadership program the following day. And I hesitated because I was not certified at that time, but she was determined to have me there. So I took the, took the challenge the following day at six o'clock in the morning. It was very cold and it was snow everywhere. I drove one and a half hours to the program. And when I stood there in front of all the leaders doing the yoga and mindfulness exercises, and I felt the atmosphere was calm, grounded, and they're all concentrated on their mind and body, I felt something special. And I knew then there, I wanted to attribute to leadership in connection with mind, because I knew there was, uh, there are big presents for each other. So that was the beginning of a new path in my career. And I'm now for six, more than six years, a uh, partner in Potential Project. So my d dream came true. Well, that's great to hear. Both very very interesting stories and, and a lot of synergy there in in, in sense of your your discovery of, of, of mindfulness and, and, and presence and all, all the benefits that it has one thing we're always interested to know from our guests is what does progression mean to you so so Inika, what does progression mean to you it's a never-ending learning journey for me and i learn by making mistakes getting feedback and improving but I think I learned the most from reflecting, taking time to look at what happened, what did I do, how can I improve, that's still going on. It never stops. And many of the traits of the growth mindset. And, and, and Petra? Yes, for me it's, it's, it's the same, but I can add, it's for me also to improve yourself every time improving yourself and stay open and cur curious to all the possibilities on your way, on your journey. So for me, it's, it's the same. It's a growth mindset, having a growth mindset and learn your whole life and take yeah. all the opportunities. I really like that. And, and we, the mantra, if you like it, Mori Bond, that progression isn't necessarily linear. It's never always going in, in you know, an upward direction. There's a great image you can find on the internet of a, a squiggled arrow going up, down, left, right, center, all, all over the place, really. And that says that's progression. So as I said, re really nicely put, how have you progressed the lives of others and, and how are you now progressing the lives of others and on, on your, on both your journeys? So again, Inika, should we start with you? 
I think for me it is seeing the potential, the full potential in other people and challenging them, inviting them to explore, to show it, to live it. Also listening to their needs. What do they need to grow, to learn, to feel safe? I, I want to add something because it's the same what Ineke said, but it's also enabling other people to make mistakes, creating safe spaces to reflect with each other and also helping them to to develop and grow the whole time and to know and to become more self-aware about their own triggers to help them to uh, mastering their inner game in other words this clearly links to what we're going to talk about in a minute that the role that mindfulness plays first of all though thank you for those stories they're, they're really inspiring there's some great themes in there and as i said earlier on to me it's clear that uh, yeah meditation mindfulness very very fashionable right now but you were definitely uh, involved in it before it was fashionable so it's great to hear and, it, and it's great to see that this is becoming or has become more and more relevant and important to businesses in, in how they really care for their people but help them to bring the best out of themselves so thank you for that now what i did obviously want to do now is look at the work you're currently doing with the potential project and then specifically how we can progress lives through mindfulness so petra starting with you I know that through the research that Potential Project has conducted, you've effectively concluded that we're, we're facing an attention crisis. So what do you mean with that statement? Yes, that's, that's a very harsh statement, but unfortunately it's true. <laughs> you know, the success of organizations depends on the capacity of their leaders and employees to focus and prioritize effectively. Having the capacity to focus is key for success but however in the hyper connected and high pressure work environments these place our attention under pressure and we are living in the so-called paid reality and this means there's always pressure and we are always on 24 7 uh, per day there's a lot of information overload and constantly distracted and research shows us that almost half the time our minds is wandering and we are not paying attention to the things we choose ourselves we are constantly distracted and our mind you know our mind is wired for distraction so we are constantly multitask the whole day through and this means we try to put our attention at two things at one time. And research shows us that's not possible at all. The consequence is that we are switching constantly between two tasks that drops our prioritization, our creativity, and it increases our stress. And maybe not known for a lot of people, but it also shrinks our gray matter so our brains because of all of this it decreases our productivity and that's why rasmus it's our director of potential project he say the words multitasking is mother of all evil when it comes to performance well-being and connection with others that was a a statement i heard him say and, and he yeah well, he doesn't hold back there does he when he says that 
And it's completely true because we are the whole day we are challenged. And if we are not uh, able to train our minds, we will multitask more and more and more. Effectively, what we're saying here is that we've had all these technological advances. There, there is all this information coming at us now that more than ever before. And yet, and also, our brains are hardwired for this. So we're actually just playing into the hands of the, the hardwiring of our brains that's now building up all of these distractions that, that consequently means, even if this is the case or not, we, we feel like we are busier than ever before. So it's this, this cocktail, really, of, of distraction that then leads to all of this unproductivity, feeling busier, and presumably for well-being and, and mental health, this is completely detrimental. Petra, have you got any other solutions to, to this multitasking challenge that we face and, and, and ultimately to try and solve the, the 50, at least 50% of the time bit not being doing, doing what we should be doing? Yes, yes, yes. Because you say our mind is wired, hardwired for distractions, but there's also good news. We can train our mind because our mind is neuroplastic and we will come later or uh, about a formal mind training, but you can also train your mind during the day. You need some time, some breaks, but what you can do is try to create more awareness of the distractions. Once you realize and once you are aware of a distraction, try to make a conscious choice where to put your attention and pick one thing at a time. In this way, you will train your attention muscle. So you have to put your attention on one thing and letting go the other things. Don't try to, to, to put your attention on two things at a time. It's the same way when you are, have a conversation with another person and he's constantly looking at his iPhone. Then you have no connection. There's no in-depth conversation. So choose one thing at a time. And in this way, you can train yourself. Right. And multitasking is not your default mode anymore. Switch it from being your default mode. So even if you're writing an email, I guess, we can use technology to our advantage here then, in a sense. So I'm writing an email, but then all of a sudden I'm thinking, it, you know, how's my daughter getting on the floor yeah. below uh, maths yeah. homeschooling? And in the moment I've noticed that, I can bring myself back to this email and go, right, I'm, am I, you know, that's my awareness part. My attention's drifted. Let's get back on task and back to the email. And if I can start to build a habit with that, then I'm going to start reversing this, this statistic. Yeah. And you rewire your brain. That's what you're doing. And yeah. you mentioned gray matter earlier on then. So all of these distractions are shrinking our gray matter, which I know has a significant impact on, on all sorts of these called executive functions, isn't it? In our brain, which is anything from planning, goal setting etc etc so if we start to practice this we're actually not going to shrink our gray matter we're actually going to start to increase it have to increase yeah i think that's a great advantage and i think for organizations the brain of their people is the greatest asset there is <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely this almost conversation almost made me want to go back to my first job after university which was literally a telephone and a set of calling cards and that was it so there was no internet on the computer but actually now now that we've looked at it there, there are things we can do to utilize the technological advances to, to help improve our focus really interesting points thank you another topic that i'm sure people listening will relate to is this concept of, of action addiction 
you've obviously mentioned Rasmus, the, the founder of the Potential Project. Now, in his book, The Mind as a Leader, he, he talks about action addiction. So, Inika, what is action addiction? I guess what we could do is do a bit of a, an assessment on me, uh, maybe take me through a bit of a checklist to see if I'm suffering from action addiction or see how, how high my symptoms might be. So, but for our listeners, what is action addiction? And, and then let's test out whether I'm, I'm suffering from this. You're challenging me. Okay. We have two things, two sides of it. The first thing is you have an uncontrollable urge to do something. Okay. Grab your phone, check the news, uh, immediately give a response to an email. So everything there is, you, you want to react. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. And the other thing is you feel discomfort with being still doing nothing. Okay. Yeah, I'm not so bad with that because I have practiced meditation and mindfulness for quite a while and I do enjoy that. And there's that really famous study, isn't there, that springs to mind where they put people in a room. Do you know the one? You'll probably be able to share this a lot better than me, but this, this is, I mean, excuse the pun from what you're about to tell, but this is literally shocking. So this is a real symptom of action addiction and you can't sit still. So do you want to talk through the study? Well, what I recall is that they put a person in a room in a quiet room with nothing for 15 minutes. Yeah. That's what I recall. And that people even started to hurt themselves or give them something because they, they couldn't stand to do nothing. Like this, they can choose between doing nothing at all or giving some electric shocks. Yeah, electric themselves. 60% of the men choose to uh, get some electric shocks and I think 25% of the women. So I think that's a shocking, shocking result <laughs> because yeah. doing nothing is good or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if I'm sat in a room on my own, I have a, an impulse to stick my fingers in a plug socket, then I know I've got action addiction <laughs> symptoms. All right, so I'm, I'm kind of halfway there right now. Are there any other main symptoms of action addiction? Maybe throughout the day? More systems. It's, it's, you're like a busy bee. You're doing the whole day, do, you're doing something and you react on your autopilot to all the distractions. So your mind is going all over the place. Can you relate to that, Andrew? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, particularly if it's a busy part of the day. Yeah, I can relate to my, my mind going all over the place. I have to say what I, and again, we'll, we'll come to this shortly. I, since I have meditated, I have noticed I can catch my mind wandering a lot quicker. And it's something that I do try and do a lot of. But yeah, particularly in the, in the busy parts of a day or week, I can I can see myself racing. And then I think another one is literally getting a, a, a hit of dopamine. I think psychological yeah. definition of picking things off, literally cross, 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 getting through things. And, and of course, dopamine creates a you know kind of false sense of euphoria, doesn't it? Yeah, so I think I have a mild case. Mild to, to serious case, depends on the, the time of day, I guess. What are some of the consequences then of my mild case of action addiction? Maybe before I, I want to, I want to share a story because of the dopamine you talked about, you want more and more and more. So you, you are busy the whole time and you are going further and further with all the distractions. And yeah. so are you off your long term tasks? Yeah, you're only the short-term dopamine kick. And that's not helpful for the progression of your organization and for the business results. Yeah? 
the two, to give you an example, I'm coaching a couple of executives in an organization under very high pressure due to the pandemic, but also an international takeover. And especially all the financial and Excel requests from the mother company abroad causes a lot of pressure for these people. And they feel very frustrated and stressed by all the requirements. And what are they doing? They're coping with this by constantly doing things, constantly actions, constantly answering telephones, sending text messages. And yesterday I spoke to one of them, uh, one of the board members, and he told me as an example that the board of directors, they're sending each other messages via WhatsApp from early in the morning till late in the evening. And they're feeling very tired at the moment and exhausted. There's no time for self-care or self-care. During the coaching yesterday, she realizes herself there's no time to zoom out with each other and to seeing the bigger picture and to seeing where they can influence and where they can put their focus. She decided to take more self-care and to be more aware of the action addiction and to try to stay still, to sit still with the discomfort of not knowing and of frustration for the moment. So I think that was that was a good a good uh, realization, and I want to emphasize that self care for leaders is crucial because otherwise it's not possible to zoom in and to be flexible the whole time and to use your full potential. So some of the key points I think you've mentioned there: action addiction is basically shallow work. Then so there's this obviously this concept of deep meaningful work. So I know that there's the famous story that I think the iPhone was invented through meditation. I think Steve Jobs came with that concept when he was meditating. We've got action addiction. There's no chance we're inventing the next iPhone. So we're going through all this shallow work. You mentioned this part about these two executives are constantly communicating with each other. They're tired. There's no time for self-care. Well, that that's also a slippery slope then because I know from, from speaking my own experience, if I'm tired, if I'm not taking times in the day to do some self-care to reset, then it comes to a certain point where my resources are drained and I, you know, and I'm running on empty. And that's when mm-hmm. self-awareness, self-control, all, you know, emotional intelligence, which we know is a, a fundamental skill for success in business. Yeah. Those levels are, you know, are, are very low. So this action addiction really, again, it's a, there's another consequence to, to how effective we are at work and to how meaningful we're, I guess we're, we're being at work. Yeah. And I think what you mentioned shortly, the word uh, dopamine. I think at that moment that you are action addicted, you're also addicted to dopamine because every time you get a kind of a dopamine shot and you need more and more, like you see with other addictions. I'm not sure that we are as, as humans aware of that, that it works that way. Yeah. And that is, that's the same as addiction to alcohol. It's, it's yeah. exactly the same. It's shocking really when you talk about it like this. And- and, and I'm assuming this is something that has become more and more of an issue in the, the modern workforce. Mm. I hate to use the word COVID, but I think it's relevant to discuss that because I know that you were doing additional research with your client base throughout the, mm. the ongoing pandemic. Could you share some of the main findings from that research in terms of the actual impact that COVID has had on, on us? Yes, the COVID crisis is all about uncertainty for people. And we find during times of crisis, 
our minds can easily become hooked by obsessive thinking and by helplessness and anxiety. And we found a lot of these emotions in organization, anxiety, fear, etc. If these emotions are there and we cannot address them in a proper way, fear can narrow our field of vision, making it harder to see the bigger picture and the possibilities in front of us. And the way to overcome this natural tendency is to build mental resilience. You can create a mental space between what's happening and how you are reacting to it instead of autopilot. I can give you an example because a lot of our clients were concerned about the well-being of their employees in the beginning of the COVID crisis. And they they asked us to develop programs or interventions to help their employees. And we developed programs together with our clients. And these were online uh, with groups of people, with leaders and employees together, 15, not not the bigger groups. And what we did was create a, a safe space where they can share their emotions and where they can connect together. Of course, we also give insights about the mind and the mind training, but uh, it was very important to give them space to share and to feel their emotions and to address them. It affects their productivity and it affects their potential. So that was, I think it's very good that organizations give attention to this because again, it's the brain of their employees which is the greatest asset of uh, the company. And I love that point that regardless of all these technological advances that we're experiencing, we're obviously going to continue to experience, you've mentioned it a couple of times, the biggest asset any business has is the brains of its employees. Now, look, there's obviously been a lot of eye-opening statistics that we've talked about here. Funnily enough, as I was doing the research for this, it made me immediately download the app so we're going to come to this now and, and you know for our listeners this is how we can start to, to take control of the situation so i immediately download the app i've been focused training i think 12 days in a row now and mm. we'll talk about the app that you've got shortly let's look at how we can we can take control back here of our brains of our focus and our and our awareness and the central point the central strategy obviously that we we're talking about today is mindfulness and this is a key strategy to this so, Petra, if I did want to build a mindfulness practice for our listeners, what, what tips have you got to get started? To start a, a daily mind training and you can download the Potential Project app. It's for free. It's a, it's a training for eight weeks. And what's very, uh, very important is to set an intention, what you want to develop and to know why you are doing this and make it as concrete as possible. So make an appointment with yourself, what time, what place, because that makes it easier for yourself to make it a new habit. And you want to create a new habit because it's about a daily practice only of 10 minutes a day. It's also good to feel the difference between a day with mind training and a day without. And I hope you will do it or seven days a week. If you do it five days a week, it's also okay, but feel the difference. And if it's possible, do it at the beginning of the day. You will feel it the whole day and it will give you a more clear, focused mind. 
the first part of the day is the best day for this to yeah. cascade into the rest of the day yeah. then. The last thing to say is it, it's mind practice and not mindfulness perfect. So it's okay. Just do it. Because what we see in organizations is when people start doing mind training and they do it together, they are more likely to do it. Because to do it on your own, in your own setting, it asks a lot of your discipline. Mm -hmm. And that's what we, why we see that a lot of companies now offer a kind of drop-in sessions where people can come together just for 15 minutes or half an hour to do the mind training together. It has also the effect of building a community. I know from experience, it's much easier to exercise together when you go to the gym. Yeah, so it's that joint accountability, basically. So you're more likely to go, if you have a personal trainer, you're more likely to go to the gym. Yeah. If you do it in a group, you're more likely to do it. So there's a, there's a really interesting dynamic to that. As I said, when I was researching this, it immediately made me go and get the app. I think I'm 12 days in now. What I really like about the app is a couple of things. The, before you start meditating, and this is what I haven't done before because I've never prompted myself to do it, it actually asks you to check in with yourself. So how emotionally balanced are you right now? How mentally clear are you? It obviously tracks your progress on that. So that's a really useful, just a real small check-in moment. So actually, how am I doing here? And then the other thing I really like about it is the winning streak, if you like, or your your streak. And what that's given me is there was a night this week, and I'm going to start switching it to the morning now. I think that's a really great point. But I think it was Tuesday night. I was literally just about to go to bed, and I hadn't done it. And I was like, I don't want tomorrow to see that app say to me, you've broken your streak. <laughs> so I sat down for 10 minutes, and I did it. And I, and I wouldn't have done that before. Pre-Christmas, pre-doing this, I would have missed my, my daily meditation. And it was a particularly busy day. And I noticed the difference. You know, I really could feel the difference going to bed. Uh, was, I did the relaxation one and, and I felt a massive uh, yeah. benefit. Uh, to yeah. add to this, it's also very good, very good to improve your sleep. So for some people, it's helpful to do it in the evening, to let go of the day and have a very healthy uh, sleep. So both have benefits, but starting the day with it will give you the the possibility to be more focused during the day and have all the ben benefits for, for the day. But as we know, for leaders, sleep is very essential. Yeah, so you, the eight weeks is quite important, isn't it? Ten minutes a day for eight weeks, because that then is the milestone, if you like, where the real positive changes really start to kick in. Just before we finish today, for those that, so I know this for some, this might be a what you call it, you know, I don't know, a softer subject, but this really delivers hard results for, through the benefits. So. Just before we do sign off, could you just outline some of the major benefits? So if I do this for eight weeks, 10 minutes a day, and we were to speak again in eight weeks, what differences might we see in me? So you feel more present. You feel you can better be aware where to put your focus on, what's important, and also better sleep and more energy, more creativity, productivity, of course. And overall, people say more well-being. Uh, and sometimes feeling more happy. <laughs> I think these are the benefits. Maybe, Ineke, you can add something. I basically, I think you are more relaxed. And mm -hmm. being more relaxed makes that you can enjoy life You're, during the day, not only in your spare time, but during the day, feeling relaxed, joyful. Yes. Find those moments, find the enjoyable moments and, and make the most of them. Yeah, and yes. being more present. I, I think that's 
when, when you're not busy with past or the present, or the future, but more enjoying the moment. And they say there's a Chinese verb, presence is the greatest gift you can someone else. So I think presence is very important. Well, I think that's a great sentiment to end on. Thank you for sharing those tips on how we can get started with the mindfulness practice. As I said, I've seen an immediate benefit to to that app. I think it's a brilliantly designed app. Um, and, and ultimately, I, I heard again a, a great quote on, on mindfulness practices. It's basically cardio work for the brain. So there is a solution to all this distraction and all the consequences that has. Inika, Petra, this has been a really inspiring conversation. And I also wanted to say the work that you do with the Potential Project truly is progressing lives everywhere. And I know that the Potential Project, you know, it's not a big corporate, it's not paying big salaries or, or shareholders, etc. It's work that's being done with true meaning and true purpose. And, and that for me is really inspiring. And, and it's really something that will continue to to turn the tide on, on the distractions that, that we're facing. So thank you very much for taking the time to share your stories and insights. Just before we do go, people do want to learn more about you, if they want to learn more about the Potential Project, if they want to connect with you, where can they go to do so? The website is www.potentialproject.nl mm -hmm. when they want to do it in Dutch and .com when they want to go to the English version and they can reach out to us with, with emailing info at potentialproject.nl. And we love to receive questions and we'll always feel happy to give answers for free. I highly recommend people do reach out to you and do look into the work that you do, the website, the books that Rasmus has written are excellent. I know that there's a lot of content on the website as well. So highly recommend it. Thank you very much again for joining the Progressing Lives Everywhere podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Progressing Lives Everywhere, brought to you by Amoria Bond. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review. Every time you do, it helps others find the podcast. For more information on Amoria Bond's specialist services and to access the podcast show notes, head over to amoriabond.com. Join us next time as we continue to progress lives everywhere.